and you know what? Uh, that's what I thought was gonna happen. Hang on one second, let me get my webcam up. Never fails, never fails. Hold on. Let's see here. You'll see me in one second. Just enjoy the music. Help me. Come on, baby, let's go. There it is. There it is. Looky there. All right. Did it happen? Why did that do that? That didn't do that right. Now that's it. Hold on one second. I know everybody's on the sideline saying, I can't believe you didn't have this worked out beforehand. There it is. Okay. I'm just going to use that. I'm just not worried about it. There you go. How's everybody doing? Let's cut this off. Happy. I feel like it's Friday. Here I am. I'm so sorry. You know what I did is that I did this on my other computer. So when I do this on my other computer, it doesn't always bring over all my, um, my designs and stuff. And so it didn't put the right background there. But you know what? I'm not here for that. Doesn't matter. But boy, do I have a phenomenal word for you guys today. Oh my God. How many of you have been feeling uh, a little pressured the last four or five days? <clears throat> like a lot of pressure. How many of you have been feeling that? Kind of getting uh, frustrated, maybe agitated. How many of you feel like that? Um, I know I've been feeling it. And so I'm glad to see you too, man. It's always a pleasure to see you, Miss Romer. Hi, Facebook. It's good to see you guys too. What is going on with you guys? Oh my gosh. A lot of pressure. So you know what that is? Let me just clue you in. Irritable? Yes. Okay. I understand. No, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Welcome to C2. So this is part of contraction point two. So the more pressure you feel, you have four chambers to your heart. God has four chambers to his. The more pressure you feel is the more deliverance you need. That's all that is. Choose life. Don't choose death. And this actually goes right in to the message that I've got today. But you're going to be jumping for joy when I get through with this message. Because I was. I was jumping for joy. <clears throat> um, and hey, choose to be different. You were on my mind yesterday. Hi, Miss Van Norman. It's good to see you. Appreciate you too. Always a blessing to see you. But I do, I really want to tell you guys this. Um, chosen to be different. Um, I hope you're going and looking for that beagle. That beagle's got you on his mind. I just want to point that out to you. Just so you know. Okay, but this is the message. This is the title. 15 minute rev. It's called the Josephs versus the Jezebel. <laughs> the Josephs versus the Jezebels. Dream becoming reality and finish lines. Isn't that a great title? Oh, I about fell out today. I about fell out when God started showing me this stuff. So it makes sense now. We're seeing two streams, two streams raise up. Okay, it's the Jezebels versus the Josephs. And I hate to say versus anybody because we should all be on the same team. And if you haven't been listening to our fathers of faith, let me point them out. That's Jesse Duplantis, Kenneth Copeland, Jerry Savelle. Uh, Creflo Dollar, Bill Winston, those are our fathers of faith for our generation. And they were the original people who spoke about and taught about how to decree a thing, decree a thing, decree a thing, decree a thing. And <clears throat> they've been pointing out, pardon me, they've been used by God to point out all the dissension in the body. But you realize the reason why, for all the dissension, right? The dissension is because we have a house divided. Okay, so unless we all get on the same team, it, we're not going to be coming into unity anytime. But the Lord, I believe, is allowing it to separate out the sheep from the goats in the sour. He's doing a differentiation. You understand that, right? <clears throat> These are, he's differentiating between people who obeyed him in last season and got free because they realized we can't go into the new land with our old self. We can't do that. It's a di totally different set of laws. So, <clears throat> I'm so sorry. <clears throat> We have gunk in our atmosphere. Pardon me, please. Um, but we have people who have demanded to say the same. And it's actually what some of the apostles were saying. Uh, uh, even the old ones, even the ones stuck in old wineskins were saying about there are two streams starting to formulate. And we actually have four to start off with. Now we're down to two. 
down to two. It's the obedient versus the disobedient. <clears throat> yeah, that's concerning to me, but I'm hoping some of these Jezebels, and, and if you are in the spirit of manipulation and control, i.e. religion, Jezebel's the mother of religion. If you're caught up in that and you're losing firepower in your prayers, you need to ask the Lord, what is on me that I need to get freedom from? And you need to stay with it until you step back up into firepower. That's the way to stand and that's the way to come into your new land. Let me jump into the message. <clears throat> Which witchcraft hitting you with? Because their main objective is to keep the Josephs, God's Josephs, imprisoned or by those stuck in the spirit of Jezebel so that this entire country stays entrapped. If you know anything about Jezebel, Jezebel's main objective, it's the front runner for the Antichrist spirit. I'm going to give you some background noise here or background information, not noise, information. But it's, a, it's the front runner for the Antichrist spirit where Elijah was the front runner for Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Elijah walked in the truth and everybody hated him as a prophet because he seemingly never had a good word for anybody. He was always warning people and correcting people. But that was the season that he lived in. So hence the truth prophets are raising up now in this hour. God says we're in a late hour, right? So the later you get on God's clock, the more truthful, the more closer to his spirit, you're going to be seeing people uh, start to man not manifest, but step into kingdom living in. That's their season that they were born into. And the whole anybody born in this late hour, they're going to be very truthful people. They're going to demand the truth. So for anybody trying to pull the wool over people's eyes or trying to uh, get them to live in an old wineskin or trying to get this next generation, especially this next generation, man. They're like, are you kidding me? Get real. I don't buy your, your load of you know what. So they're demanding that people walk in truth, be truthful. How many people are wondering where the truth went? I, I am. I'm wondering as a double truth person, I'm thinking, are we, are you serious? People are, are buying this load of you know what on all seven mountains. They're especially in government mountain. They're buying this. I'm like, no, no, thank you. You keep your brand of love. And it's permeated through Jezebel, all seven mountains. That spirit's permeated all seven mountains. A spirit of Jezebel is manipulation and control. <clears throat> it's out to steal your identity. And for people who have a love gift like Joseph did, Joseph had a dream. Okay, so Joseph was a dreamer. And so the past 25 years, the spirit of Jezebel was released into our atmospheres through witchcraft portals purposefully to enslave our society so the people would never enter into kingdom. Well, what time is it? What Sons and daughters of Issachar, do you know what time it is? Okay, so we're supposed to know the signs and the times, right? So let me, let me say this too. Well, I'm going to go there. I'll be jumping ahead of myself. Let me wait. But how did Jezebel enslave society? Have you ever thought about that? How did you get enslaved? How did you get enslaved in the position that you're currently in? Um, witches and Satanists released demons in 2000. I remember because I was riding on our riding lawnmower mowing our grass. And I remember something whooshing by me and I thought, uh, that's not good. I didn't know what it was because I hadn't been introduced to witchcraft and I hadn't been introduced to the fivefold. I'd been going to church on and off for my really watched it online but um i um remember thinking to myself that wasn't good and i knew it wasn't god later to find out that it was portals being opened in our city <clears throat> because texas is the womb of the nation lord in california the feet of the nation dc is the head of the nation kansas city's the heart of the nation we have one of our feet pigeon-toed right now that'd be california because they're not able to stand up rightly and then we had Jezebel released in the womb of the nation to birth itself all over the nation and pollute the whole nation with bitterness of soul. That's what people that operate in that spirit are. They're bitter people. They've gotten bitter and not better. So they're manipulators and controllers. They've gotten so traumatized by life and by their life circumstances. But instead of getting free through Christ, delivered through Christ and being strengthened through their hurts. So they'd have a that was a test. So they'd have a testimony. They got bitter. So the gatekeeper that lets that demon in is bitterness. And then what happens is it goes around and that spirit on those vessels is loveless. And it really seeks to uh, dehumanize people that are loving. It seeks loving people to uh, beat the tar out of you, beat the love out of you. It wants to beat the God out of you. 
to get you to come out of the spirit and into the flesh. So you're stuck in the flesh along with that person. That's the enemy's agenda. So that was the enemy's agenda was to release it into your atmosphere to wound an entire population, Christians and unbelievers alike through trauma so that they can never recover. Then they brought in fragmentation. That's my first or second book I wrote. That's this book, by the way. You need to go check out this book. By the way, my third book with uh, Margaret Rowe comes out, uh, I want to say, next month. I hope you can see this. This is my second book, Fragmented. Go check it out on Amazon. I think it's on Amazon. Oh, no, Big Baby. It's on Big Baby. Go check it out. Um, you talks about how God brought me out of fragmentation. Long, long, long walk. The long walk home that day. Those 30 years. That was a Joseph walk that lasted forever. So, Oh, really? We're okay. So anyway, go check out the book. But we've got our third book coming out here next month. It's going to be helping people with trauma and grief. If you've gone through deep hurts, uh, we're going to be publishing it through Book Baby as well. But you're going to love it. It's called, we've actually renamed it. It's called Resilience. We were going to name it just a conversation away. But it's about our walk in heaven uh, with God. Because the I don't know but people know this or not. The veil is very thin right now. <clears throat> and going in and out of heaven is so easy. Um, and if you have started getting introduced to the courts of heaven, that's already your stepping stone into walking in and out of heaven all the time. You can go visit the gardens of heaven there. You can go visit the hospital of heaven there. There are parts you're walking in heaven when you go into the courts of heaven. That's the highest level of intercession for this hour, knowing the signs and the times. So, okay. So what did they do? They fragmented society. Causing many other spinoffs in mental illness like ADD, ADHD, autism, gender confusion. How many just saw the shooting yesterday online? And they created all this mess by beating loving people to a pulp to make us or try to make us as cold as they were. So that was the start where Jezebel started making its way onto the world scene. But especially if you were a Joseph with the gift of love, with big dreams and big faith to ensure their main objective was to ensure these types, these Josephs never stood up again. Some are given the gift of joy, others faith. Very few are given the gift of love, the presence of God on the vessel from birth. You're a front runner <clears throat> to show the body the way in which they're to walk. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Glad to have you. Hi, Sin Hi, Connie. Um, but especially the Josephs. So you Josephs were purposefully tested by God. Do you understand that? I've talked about this here and there with you guys. You've been tested for 30 years. And if you're a Joseph, you've gone through some fiery testings. To prepare you as a front runner for this late hour. So God allowed this spirit to come in, I believe. To train the Christian population. Who would listen? Who would listen? How to stand up against the Antichrist spirit and witchcraft. So that they could teach the rest of the population during revival and afterwards how to get free. How to take their lives back along with their destiny. But see, this is the problem. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I forgot about this. He just dropped something in my spirit. Um, this is the problem. And I think it's the biggest problem we've run into as a ministry, because people don't understand this ministry. They don't understand that moving through the heart of God, you don't get to come near a holy God any way you choose. But see, the religious right wants to take this entitlement mentality um, that you owe it to me. You owe it to me. I've been in the body of Christ longer than you have. I'm entitled. I am more righteous than you. Let me tell you, there is nobody no more righteous than Christ. So get over your self-righteous self. Everybody needs to get over their self-righteous self. And we need to look at this realistically and through a spirit of truth. Because Jesus was the only perfect person that walked the earth. And Jesus said he's the only way to the Father. So if he's the only way to the Father, even he had to go through the same testings that we're walking through right now. He didn't get to come in any old way he chose or any old way he chose. So do you really, really think if God's going to invite you into his heart that you're going to be able just to Prance on, prance on in in front of God and say, hi, I'm here. I'm here. 
said Aaron's two sons, who are lying dead and buried now. That's called strange fire, because so many people had so much of Jezebel on them. That's witchcraft, by the way. And God said, suffereth not a witch to live. Strange fire is witchcraft. They were, Aaron's sons were throwing up strange fire. They were throwing up strange fire in their prayers. They went into the temple and they did this and God dropped them dead. So God is saying, I had enough mercy for you to help demand a cleanup process to prepare you to come before a holy God. And, and it's funny because I was talking to my close friend, Rick. If you've seen, by the way, Rick Young is coming back on the show in October and you're going to want to catch that. He's a retired CIA agent, but he's in, min- in missions now. Um, I shouldn't probably say that, but he is. He's really, really cool. He's a brainiac and a half. But he was talking to me the other day, last Thursday, about how the body of Christ is under judgment right now. I thought, oh my gosh, I did not consider that. He said, yeah, they're under judgment for not getting dressed appropriately to see the king. He said, think about it. If you were bringing your kingdom back and people weren't readying themselves to meet you, wouldn't you take a little offense to that? Like they were just saying, ah, you're going to come before you like some ragtag junkyard dog or whatever it is, which whatever you're behaving like. A lot of people are behaving like that because of Jezebel right now. They're behaving like junkyard dogs. They're acting like junkyard dogs trying to fight for their way forward. And I'm going to fight, 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 fight. And it's, it's like, it's not that season. You, you exited that season in January. You're supposed to be rest. You're supposed to, matter of fact, you should, you should. I hope that you rested to prepare you for C2. Because boys are going to take a lot out of you. But that's what we're entering into right now. That's what Jezebel did. And God is preparing us to train the Christian population who will listen. And he's trying to use our vessels to teach the rest of the population how to get free, how to get their lives back. So now we have so many, though, that are so tired and exhausted from this one long test. How many know that you're in a trust test right now? How many know that? How many were were listening and have been listening to the Reb and God's been telling you, don't give up, don't faint. I know you're tired physically, spiritually, emotionally. I know you're tired, says the Lord, but I didn't bring you here to leave you here. I brought you here to bring you through. And so we have so many now so tired that they want to quit. And so just last night, because I was frustrated last night too, and the Lord started talking to me. I mean, he butted into my conversation. I was so busy talking to him. I didn't have time to listen until he said, hey, hush, I have something I want to talk to you about. And, and God told me, he said, Missy, if something's of God, like your dream, he said, Acts 539 is automatically invoked. He said, and if something's of God, not man, nor his words, nor his will can stop it. Because man is flesh. The only thing that can stop it is spirit. But if it's birthed by an eternal God, it goes on into infinity. You can't stop something that's eternal. You can't. If God spoke it, he's going to uphold it. So not one of his words falls to the ground, which means not man's will, his way, or his words will stand. Because the Lord said, because I predestined these dreams in your heart, those of you listening, in your heart before time began. <clears throat> and my plan will stand. Isaiah 14, 24. I was like, Ooh, now I can't sleep, God. <laughs> I can't sleep. So you can't be disqualified by man. The Lord said, because they didn't equip you nor qualify you nor lift you up for such a time as this, Joseph. But the problem with most men and women In the church, especially, no offense to the church, but this is what he told me about you, is that they've forgotten who's God and who's not. Who's God and who's not. Hold on one second. And many have gotten wrapped up in this unholy speaking spirit, trying to sit on God's throne, forgetting that it's God's spirit that enables their gifts to work, and it enables them to flow in his power. Mm. So, which is why many have forgotten that when they forget who the king is, God says, I'll remove my ring from their hand, his power. He'll remove his power from their hand, which is why God said, 
He's had to do this in this hour because too many are demanding to sit on his throne. They're trying to be other people's gods by praying witchcraft prayers. They're trying to misuse the scripture by twisting the truth. God says, if you don't get your hearts cleaned up, how are you going to recognize the spirit of the living God from you? How are you going to recognize it? You're with yourself 24-7, and only God can show you your heart. But you got to be willing to listen, allow him to impart truth to you. And God says, how do you find that out? You listen to the truth prophets. And it's going to rub you the wrong way. Let me tell you, truth prophets will rub you the wrong way. Elijah rubbed Ahab the wrong way. He said, I hate you. He didn't really say he hated him. He said, you never have a kind word to say to me. You never, ever have anything good to say to me. And Elijah's probably sitting over there twiddling his thumbs thinking, oh, God, are you going to get me out of this? You know, that's what that's what people feel like about the prophets. They love the prophets when they're telling them what they want to hear. Oh, pie in the sky dreams. Oh, yeah, you're going to be this. You're going to be that. But when it comes to correction, which is happening right now, i.e. Kent Christmas, i.e. John Kilpatrick many times over, i.e. now Kenneth Copeland, Jesse Duplantis, the fathers of faith are standing up in it. Jump on board or get left behind because the train is leaving the station right now. Jezebels are getting left behind. When you've chosen to do what's right in your own eyes, you're going to get left behind. But the Lord said, too many are demanding to sit on my throne when my throne is my own. You have no power without me. Matter of fact, you can't even take your next breath without me. Hence, when Jezebel tried to lift itself up above God's thrones, God said, I lifted up my own. My Joseph's. I lifted up my Joseph's, said the Lord. And like Joseph and like Moses and like Gideon, I am raising up the least likely to succeed in order to throw off those who had lifted themselves up in man's words, man's way, man's will. Lord says, your ways are not my ways, says the Lord. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is death. So some men and women, even because of Jezebel, have even thought more of themselves than they ought because they're trying to make themselves out to be more holy than I, your God. Can you imagine? Which will never happen because there was none more holy than my son. The Lord says, never forget that. The Lord says, save yourself righteousness. That's a spirit of religion. That's a proof that Jezebel's in the pudding. If you've caught yourself doing that, thinking, and I've heard it. I've heard leaders do it even. I've heard sheep do it. Where it's such a self-righteousness where they're judging each other. And God says, I'm the only judge. That's what the purpose of the courts of heaven are about. To teach us who is God and who is not. God is the only judge. He's the only one who can do a motion, order, or pleading. He's the only one who can do a judgment, ruling, verdict, edict, bond, writ, appeal, amendment, or accusation. You, you, you can bring all your charges, all you want against people. But if it's not based in the true king's decree, in the spirit of truth, guess whose words are going to fall to the ground? <clears throat> it says, never forget who's God and who's not. If you're doing this, you need to do a heart check. That's why we take our people through deliverance constantly. So they hear the word of the Lord clearly. And their words never fall to the ground. But the other issue, though, that man is having in this hour, Lord says, is that my spirit arises in power and truth. And that since many of my people, which are true believers, <clears throat> uh, well, which include true believers, but they're few. Since many of God's people are far away from him. They're far away from the truth. So when they come near God, when you're coming into this new move and you're learning about this information, it seems like it's skewed or like, is that okay? So think about this. Think about it like this. The Lord described it to me yesterday when I was driving. He said, he goes, see that hill over there? It's way over there. And I had to kind of squint. And I was like, yes, sir, I see that. And he's like, that seems pretty far off, huh? And I said, yes, sir. It seems far off. And he said, well, if I were to tell you that there was a tree over there, that you owned, you own a tree on that mountain. Would you believe me? Would you believe the message that I just told you? And I was like, oh, I'd probably, yeah, I, I hope. And he goes, but if I were to tell you, I guarantee you it's yours, you own it. <clears throat> and um, 
All you have to do is go uproot it and it's yours. It's all yours. Just go go do it. Go go to the mountain. Like, okay. And he goes, but would you really believe it once you got there? And I was like, I don't know, because I probably would feel kind of stupid, first of all, going on somebody else's land. But it, even in trying to understand and find the tree or find what was mine or I thought was mine or what belonged to me, what I thought was truth. So you see, I felt like he was trying to tell me it's because so many people are far away from the truth right now. It's way ahead of them in the spirit. They've digressed away down the mountain. They've come down the mountain. So when God points out truths to them, it seems like it's way ahead of them. So their spirit man can't receive it. Like, I don't know if that's you or not. Ooh, and so even with your promises, even with some of your dreams, he's like, if I were to tell you that I'm going to give you this piece of land, he doesn't tell you how he's going to do it. He's like, I'm going to do this for you. And he has for a lot of you. He's told you prophetic words that he's going to do for you. And you're thinking, oh, you're pumped up. You're on fire the second you hear it. But then you get away from the anointing and you're, you're having to believe him when he told you, hey, your tree is on that mountain. <laughs> your tree is ahead. Your tree is ahead. Your truth is ahead of you. That's what he's trying to tell you. But because so many of us have fallen so far away from the truth, we've stepped away from love. That's how our nation got so cold, by the way. And that's how Jezebel came in, by the way. Um, so everything appears wrong. It's like, could that be? Could that possibly be for me? So that's what we're really struggling with right now as a body, the tr people that are trying to believe for this thing. And so... <clears throat> God is saying, then we have those who are demanding to pretend like they're walking in truth, but they're really Jezebels. And so they're confusing reality because of their distorted reality or perceptions. Perception is reality. That's Jezebel. Um, and so they don't want any of you receiving anything God has for you. So they're trying to distort you even more by teaching wrong doctrine or wrong truths or skewing the truth to suit their own narrative. And a lot of people can't even discern the truth between the lie right now. They don't even know. So then they get these big dreams and God's like, I just want you to take me at my word. Just take me at my word. I'm taking you into all truth. Trust me when I st have you step into this new place, this new stream. Remember, that's what one of the apostles said that God was taking four people groups and it's now been narrowed down to two. And the only group that was going in are going to be the group that trusted God, that trusted the king. You're going to ready. He's going to ready your vessel to sing. He's going to prepare you and dress you, get the old grave clothes off of you. He's taking you to the mountain. But do you believe him? Do you take him? Are you going to abuse his power where he has to remove his signet ring? See, this is my take on that. Hope I'm not talking too much, but this is what I believe about that. I believe that in our quest to be uh, or to enter in the land, what we found out was who was of God and who would stand. Who's not of God and who is? That's what we're seeing. God said, How will you know my people? By my love. Who would stay true to love regardless of the testing? Who would stay in the test and not give up God's best? That's where you're at. And let me give you another secret, another key for this hour. If he called you, he qualified you. He equipped you. If he equipped you, he equipped you with fortitude. Fortitude, which means he equipped you for this test, this dark hour, when you think you're not going to make it. And God's like, yeah, you are. I already put it in you. You're going to make it. You're going to do just fine. And so all you got to do is honor me and the true king's decree. I'm excited. I'm excited. So those that have a heart far from me, says the Lord, far from the truth or love, they can't give what they don't have. They can't give what they don't have. And, it, and they can't hear yet because of the distance between I and them, says the Lord. They can't receive that truth yet because that distance in their heart has created a chasm in their ability to understand the revelation in higher levels. If you've gotten free, you've made room for me, says the Lord. So I've pulled you even closer as you've gotten free. It's pulled you up your mountain through the king's decree. So this illusion of distance is what has many stumped in this hour of the new move. 
But for those who are trusting me, the Lord says, I'm bringing you out and I'm bringing you through. <laughs> oh, and all you have to do is believe. Isn't that cool? I'm just like, wow, God. Okay, that brings us to Deuteronomy 9, 1 through 10, 22. God's saying, no compromising with the enemy. These are the dangers you need to avoid while God's entering you into your land. You need, to, you need to remember three things. Don't forget God's goodness. Don't become complacent <clears throat> after God gives you the victory. And don't ever compromise with the enemy. Because let me reassure you, the enemy hits you right before a breakthrough and right after a breakthrough. He always hits you right before a breakthrough and right after a breakthrough. And he wants you to forget God once you enter into the land. But let me just share a quick side note to you, a note to self. Um, the only way you could have gotten here is through him. So the best thing you can do is say, Lord, come on, let's keep going. Let's just keep going. And you got to keep taking mountains, Jacob. I think it was Jacob or was it Caleb? It was Caleb, 85. He said, give me this mountain, Lord. Who was that? Forgive me if I'm wrong. But you need to keep climbing your mountains with the Lord. He's still got more for you once you break through this test. So this test was for the wealth transfer. Okay, so this is huge. It's a huge, 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 huge test. But if you don't think about this chapter, God's warning of the dangers that all believers constantly face as they cross God's finish lines of testing. Is it Joshua? Thank you so much. Love you, Silver B. Thank you. However, the trust test is almost over, and all you do is to, is to make yourself keep believing. Because it's not what man says that will come to pass. It's what God says. And if you have the true king's decree, everything's coming up roses for you if you continue to believe. What we're seeing, again, are two streams. The streams of those going back to Egypt, thinking, oh, I can't do this, or this may, must not be God. <clears throat> I don't know if this is God. And then you have those who are crossing their finish lines and crossing over their Red Sea. I'm so excited. I'm about to hop up and down. It's the Josephs and the Jezebels. And the, the changed, the unchanged. They're the people that chose to be changed and get the garments off. They weren't going to settle for the wilderness. They, choose, they chose to press on through out of the old and into the new. We're like, you know what, God? I know you're a good God. You're taking me somewhere. And all this hoopla going on around me is all just a test. <clears throat> and you chose to believe God's best. But you know how the enemy gets people to stay the same? Through the reappearance of old sin. That's the test that's been coming up in the last four days. How many people have been getting tested with old things you thought you were over? I have. I have. I have. I'm thinking, where did that come from? Oh, no. And I'm thinking, no, 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 no. You're not, I'm not taking that, devil. Get thee behind me. No way. Me too. Me too. It's to get you to choose Egypt. No, that's not what God has for you. I'm be careful where I click here. But just like Israel, regardless of how tough you think you are, Israel got stuck in the wilderness. And then the next generation came up after them. You never hear this in the Bible, by the way. Um, the next generation came up after the people that died in the wilderness. And they thought they could beat it. They were like, yeah, we got this. God raised us up. But they lost focus. Some of them lost focus. And then some of them, too, were drawn back into old ways. So they lost their ability to step out of the old and into the promised land blessings. They're almost there. You're really almost there. Because if you lose focus in this hour, and this is part of the test too. Thank you, Holy Spirit. <clears throat> God knows you're tired. God knows you're tired. And he knows that you're spiritually tired, you're emotionally, some of you physically, and you're pushed to the nth degree. And it was part of the test. It's all part of the test. Um, but what do you do when you're tired? Do you draw nearer to God do you seek him more or do you just let it happen it's like yeah I've got this I'm not, God's got me blah 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 and the next thing you know you're in Egypt three or four or five years later and you've lost your focus you've digressed 
and then you've gotten into some messed up situation because you failed to pass the test. So, just a side note, um, do you know how to attain the true king's decree? How to seek the Lord out in worship, getting alone with God, and just praising and praising until he enters the room? When you get a fresh word, it's called fresh manna, by the way. When you get a fresh word of the Lord, that fresh manna is what keeps you going through. You keep pressing on and pressing on and pressing on because when you feel that strength of God's spirit, God's like, you can do this. I'm going to help you attain this through me. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And it's the strength of his spirit when it comes on you that you know you're going to make it through. You're like, gosh, he showed up again. Thank you, Jesus. So every king's decree that you get, every time you rest the Lord's feet, every time he shows up, shows you you're passing the test. Every time, because he can't, he won't dwell where sin is. So he would have drawn back if you weren't aligned. And so many of you are so properly aligned. It's like Eli Lasky said on Thursday night. He said, Mister, you're right in the middle of God's will. If you weren't right in the middle of God's will, he wouldn't be showing up. Hallelujah. But what God is doing, he's trying to see. He really truly wants to step into the ancient pathways or back to the basics of love. And by the way, you're not going anywhere new. Everybody thinks it's this brand new move, this big move. You know what God's doing? He's taking you back to the basics of love. He's drawing the church back unto himself, back into his heart, where we used to abide. And everybody thinks we're going somewhere brand new. I'm thinking, I guess, and I'm so sorry to say this, but it's because I have a gift of love, believe it or not. And some of you think I don't love and that I'm, and people, that's something else I have to ask people. Why do you misinterpret truthful people as mad? That is so retarded. I mean, how do you, how do you derive that? But the only way I can see that you're deriving that is because you're standing far away from the mountain of truth. So your, your perception is skewed because we used to be a society that believed the best of people. And we knew that there were truth people, there were mercy people, double truth, double mercy. I don't know what you called it back then. But we just knew that we were very, very, very blunt people. But we were looking at the heart. We were looking at the heart and thinking, do you love? Do you love? And we got to know people. We let God show us their hearts and see if they were good people or not. How would we know people by his love? And so when you get to know people, you're thinking, oh, my gosh, you're not who I... I've had the people say it to me many times. I've had a, a lady call me out in a conference, my, one of my old mentors. She said... Oh my gosh, she said, people tell you all the time, prophesied over me. She said, people tell you, oh, you're not like that at all. Well, what did you think I was like? And I'm sure I'm a type A personality. <clears throat> I'm sure that I have a very strong, I know I have a strong personality. But I'm kind of like a rough, tough cream puff. My dad was like that. We're at the 11 and 12 o'clock hour. See, the closer you get into quadrant four of God's heart, C1, 2, 3, and 4, the more you walk, that's the spirit part of God. But the C4 section is the sharpest part of God's sword. I'm not saying the other sections aren't sharp, but I'm saying when you get up into the higher part of God's spirit, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock hour, it's a very sharp part of the sword. So we're very, very blunt personalities. We're a blunt part of God's personality. But always assume the best of people, not the worst. That's part of allowing people to be who Christ made them to be. And I think that's part of the problem in the body in this hour is that everybody's so busy trying to force God's people into this mold. And it's the same as in the world. Everybody's trying to force everybody into the same mold. Well, I'm not going to fit into your armor, Saul. I don't want to wear your armor. I want to wear his that he made for me. So this is the part of the truth test, the part of coming in and passing this trust test. And so it's a key to getting free. Staying focused on love. Um, even more important than the sin that we think we've conquered. Because if you think you've conquered any type of sin, it's fixing to conquer you. So part of the trust test is also relying on Christ all the time in a spirit of humility. Always, always, always. Realizing it's him, not me, that's taking me somewhere. I can't do anything apart from him. It's all about him. All about him, which means you're going to have to lean on him in the middle of great change, which brings pressure and sometimes great stress. It's a trust test. Um, 
Uh, let me see what else. Lord, what do you say about this? When Israel came out of the wilderness is when people, good people, a few good people, started and decided to do things God's way. The next generation, it took a whole generation, a whole generation to decide they were going to do things God's way. God left a whole generation behind. They died out. I don't want to lose forefathers. We need our fathers and mothers of faith. We need them. I love wisdom. I've always sat uh, as a young kid. I'm an old soul, if you will. I always sat with my my relatives and I was, everybody was out playing and I was always sitting with my, all the older people. I don't know why. I just enjoyed them. I just sit there and listen, sit there and listen. But we need you. We need you. Um, we don't need old wine skin. We need new wine. <laughs> we need new wine. So think about this. And I want to give, <clears throat> I have to say this on live too. There's one thing I love about the fathers of faith. All four of them, five of them actually. Six of them actually, because I think Keith, Keith Butler is one of them. He's, he's really dynamic too. Every one of those men have extreme integrity. They have extreme integrity, honesty. Um, and I really have to give kudos because think about this. Kenneth Copeland's in his eighties, but he's talking about changing in his eighties, in his eighties. He's talking about moldability and pliability always being moldable and pliable. All of them are like this. All of them are like that. So if they can do it, if they can change, go through deliverance or what have you, so can you, so can I. We are never too old to try. We should never ever be old or too old or thinking that we are too whatever to do things when God tells us to do them. It's part of this test if you want to cross over. Hallelujah. So, took a few good people like Joshua and Caleb. No matter how they felt, good day, bad day, wanting to cry day, <laughs> no matter what they incensed day, their fivefold giftings weren't working that day because their gifts were given by God. So, if God didn't want them to see anything or hear anything or sense anything, that usually meant they were being tested. He didn't want them relying on their emotions, which are their feelings. You couldn't rely. They couldn't rely on their fivefold giftings, which were given by God, irrevocable. It was all a trust test about trusting only him. They had to take God at his word. <clears throat> Excuse my deep voice. I've got allergies. But they had to overcome their obstacles of what was going on in the natural. When everything was looking like hell. As they went through the land with enemies all around them, and they still had to trust God in the fight. Is this you? Well, good. Then come out and through. And the Lord's saying this before we wrap up and go to the next thing. He's saying, but don't get too prideful in the victory because only God can help any vessel to stand and take the land. I love you too. Okay, so this is a warning before we wrap this up and move into the next section. When God gets or gives you the land, don't ever think that you're so righteous that the reason he gave it to you is because of your righteousness. Because God only drove the enemies out because of their wickedness. That's the truth. He's driving the enemies out of your land because of the wickedness. They refuse to change. And God said, I'm actually doing this because of the obedience of your forefathers. A lot of you had very, very obedient family members. And they prayed for people like you, Joseph, to be raised up for such a time as this. And, and, and God even had to skip over a generation before he got to you. And so when this comes, when this happens, God said, don't think it had anything to do with you. Don't be so quick to take that credit. Because God said, I was frustrated with a generation that was a stiff necked. And all I wanted to do was love them and have true relationship with them. <clears throat> but in this season, says the Lord, if you sided with Jezebel, I'm fixing to crush the vessels of Jezebel as I take the Josephs into the land 
to help establish the seed for harvest. These Josephs are fixing to walk out their dream. Hallelujah. Woohoo! Okay, this leads into Luke 8, 4 through 21. The Lord's saying, stay close to me to keep your kingdom seed watered. Okay, stay very close to God in this hour. Because right now, the fight with Jezebel is so ferocious that it's forcing God's people to stay very close in order not to have that demon eat their kingdom seed. Your seed is the word, the message that you heard, like this one. Um, and even when you feel like you're not winning the battle, says the Lord, God's whispering. It's a trust test. I'm winning the war through you. And all you have to do is believe. And if something is of God, says the Lord, and I've told you it's coming, then you can trust me and you can trust my word. Just believe. Just believe. So the whole test is all about taking God at his word. That's all it's about. And if you're an outsider and you're Jezebel, the secrets of the kingdom are being hidden from you so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. This is in the word. These people stuck in religion, they heard what Jesus told them, but they didn't see. Or they saw what they 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 saw what Jesus showed them, but they didn't see. They didn't really see revelation and visions and the things he was trying to show them prophetically. And they heard what he said, but they didn't understand. This is the difference between the two streams. But God said, let me differentiate it for you even more. Four groups. There's the hard soil, the hard hearts, the rocky soil, the rocky hearts, the thorny soil, and the thorny hearts. And then there's good soil, good hearts. And we've, we've read this a million times, a million times. The hard soil, or the hard hearts, when the message came, it fell on those hard hearts. But the message was stolen. The truth was stolen because they refused to get cleaned up. They were stiff-necked. Then there was rocky soil, rocky hearts. And people that heard the message, and they believed for a little while. <clears throat> but then they gave up when the testing got hard. They gave up when testing came. They're like, I can't do this. I don't believe this is of God. Well, I'm going to go do my own thing. I'm just going to go eat some worms. Or I'm going to go back to fishing. Then, pardon me, there are thor there's thorny soil, thorny hearts, where people heard the message, but the truth was crowded out by the cares that surrounded them. Do you have a busy lifestyle? Eyes on your phone. Eyes over busying yourself. They got these people got caught up in their own issues. By the way, a lot of problems. You refuse to give over to God. I don't know about you, but when I'm working on something, when God's got me to create a thing and to create a thing, I'm pushing everybody out. I will tell everybody. I'll go shh if God gives me. A revelation. I'm sorry. I will. I'll shush you. Shh. Shh. He's talking to me. Just give me a second. God's talking to me. But do you know how to stay focused when you're in a test? Do you know how to do that when you're decreeing a thing, decreeing a thing, decreeing a thing? Because I'm always listening. You got to always be listening. And you got to be listening for the next king's decree. Always. Always. And, and, and that's the best part. See, the enemy thinks he's going to steal the word from you. But if you're always listening, he's not going to take anything from you. But you're always focused on kingdom. The problem with a thorny heart is they get caught up in their own issues. They get caught up and they get sidetracked. They're easily distracted. So they never grow up into maturity. They never get free. And then there's the good hearts, the good soil. They hear the message. This is the best news of the day. They hear God's message. They believe. They step into testing. And they ready themselves emotionally, spiritually, and gift-wise for the white-knuckle ride into victory. They know how to move with the Spirit and keep moving and holding on to the end. And they prove God's goodness and they give Him glory every time. Every time. You know how to move with God's Spirit? You know how to move and ride the wave with God? Recognizing he's going to turn you on a dime, which is right in the next actual line. He's fixing to turn things in your life on a dime. That's where we've stepped into in time. And the best part about God, if you know anything about the heart of God, it's the clock of God. <clears throat> God lives outside of time. If, you, if God lives outside of time and you're moving through time, because we're limited by time. 
So what he does is he inserts himself into your clock, into his or into your atmosphere sporadically with truth. He inserts himself in outside of time, in your time, to redirect you, to realign you, to keep you moving forward, to keep you moving out and through. Then he'll pull himself back and he'll observe. He'll observe to see how well you follow, how well you're seeking him, how well you can capture his heart or his attention. And then he'll reinsert himself again to try to talk to you, to re-encourage you again. So it's all up to us. I mean, I, I, I try to stay as close to him as I can because I have to have God. Have to have. Which leads us to Psalm 69, 19 through 36 as we wrap up today. We're doing good on time. It says, quit validating the insults of the enemy and turning things on their dime. How many of you feel like Jezebel's been attacking you? How many of you feel like you've been attacked by Jezebel through and through? <laughs> I didn't understand what was going on until like the last eight hours. And I, I really got frustrated. And I was just like, well, what is this? What is going on in this test? And the Lord says, well, that, that spirit's really, really hopping mad because you're coming out from underneath it and out over it under the spirit of God. I know, right? Okay, it makes me feel better. I'm not the only one. <laughs> so we need to quit validating that demon. Because let me tell you why. Because so many people are caught up in the spirit and they don't even know they're caught up in it. And it's because of other issues that they have unhealed in their hearts. Um, and so God is teaching us a new level of compassion, if you will, right now, a new level of compassion. So he's teaching us to love our enemies, love them. Don't be mad at them. Half of them don't even know what they're doing. They need to be forgiven. They don't understand. A lot of them have different issues, father issues. They don't understand uh, why they've gone through the things they're going through when they've, they've been faithful. They felt like they've been as faithful as they can be. But some of them have chosen to change. Others did not. Some of them needed validation, what they could only get from God. They didn't get it from their dads. And so if we're going to become all that we can be in him, we've got to step into him and get us off of us. Got to get rid of you. Come on out and through. Come on up into love. And love's going to carry you into the land. So in the interim, you can't validate the insults of the enemy because it'll pull you out of the spirit. You don't get caught up in their fight with them. They, Jezebel wants to pull you out. Remember I said at the beginning of the conversation. But do you allow the words of man to stand in your heart and in your mind? Let me say it a different way. Do you allow people to get your goat? To tick you off, pull you out of the spirit? I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a pray for you. Then <laughs> you become just as much of a junkyard dog as they are. And God's saying, I don't want you participating in that mindset. I want to pull you up out of it and back into me. That's Jezebel's main objective is to pull you out of the spirit down into lower fleshly living that the vessel that's operating in is operating in. I said that that's a dumb thing to say that you, God doesn't want you out of the spirit. He wants you, um, he, he wants you to stay standing in him. Stay standing. Because again, this is a test. It's a testing hour. It's about learning to love a different way on a different level to where we don't validate dysfunctional people's behavior. Remember, the darkness is getting darker and the light is getting lighter. Are you standing in more light? Now that spirit is a narcissist. You're right. That's something else about a narcissist. Let me tell you about a narcissist. Jezebel is one of the biggest ones. You can't ever pacify a narcissist. They have to be broken if they've chosen not to get free. They usually have to be broken and they go through very painful things. The Lord says, quit expecting unloving people to understand your heart when they can't give you what they don't have. Quit trying to perform for them. Quit trying to gain their acceptance or their approval. Don't do that. Because in this hour, there are a few that are stepping out of the old and into the new. There aren't a whole lot of people doing it. Not yet. And it's because God is already beginning to crush the Jezebels. That's why the few have gotten free. A lot of people, the Josephs, have stayed true because of the gift of love. But the few that are crossing over into this new stream, 
They're chosen to get free from Jezebel, but the people that are choosing to stay the same, you bet, they're getting crushed so hard with pressure. This C2, I already told you, this C2 is going to be a white-knuckle ride if you're in Jezebel. But many of these people are getting stuck in their own dysfunction. And had they gotten freed and delivered, they'd be standing in higher firepower with love levels so high they could come up and out. For the truly righteous, as we wrap this up today, not self-righteous, God is saying, I've been watching all, and I see all. And although I don't move when you think I should, says the Lord, I move in the appointed time, and I turn things on a dime. So in your need for justice, thank you, Holy Spirit. And your need for justice and in your frustration, thinking, God, how long is this going to go on? God's saying, I'm trying to build fortitude in you. I've already given you part of that as your gift. It's equipped in your vessel. Dive deep. Pull it up. Stand up in it. That's what's going to help you press out and through. And as for you, you obedient people, Lord says, you keep praising me. Even during your difficulty, Joseph, you're almost out of prison and you're about to take possession of the land. <laughs> As we wrap up with Proverbs 12, 2 through 3, this is what it says. And I'm excited. I was so excited for this word today. This is what Proverbs 12, 2 through 3 states. It says, a good man obtains favor of the Lord, but a, wicked, but a man of wicked devices he will condemn. A man shall not be established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous shall not be moved. That's the two streams. He's teaching us about the two streams. And, you know, it's funny because I never dreamed like in my late 20s and 30s as I was being introduced to the spirit of Jezebel. I dated to Jezebel one time. I almost married to Jezebel. And I'll never forget. I was at a function with this person and um there it was somebody in their family getting married and everybody turned their focus on us and they're like so and so so when are you and missy getting married and in my head i thought boom i'm not marrying you and i thought i was so stunned by my thought i just thought oh my gosh but nobody knew what it was like to date that person because they were like a spiritual schizophrenic and that's what Jezebels are. They're spiritual schizophrenic and they make everybody around them afraid of them because they manipulate and control and they manipulate the word of God. If they're in any form or facet of ministry, they manipulate to control, to keep everybody under their control with the spirit of fear. There's no fear in love. You don't think about love. There's no fear in love. Love is grace. And, and love understands everybody's got something. You've got stuff that I don't like. I've got stuff you don't like. I'm sure. I'm 100% sure of that. But it's not my place to judge you. That's your responsibility to take that up with the Holy God. Let him deliver you if you so choose. But this is the new hour we're standing in. You're almost at your finish line. You're almost at your finish line. And as for me this afternoon, if you're with me, I would invite you to go to the coast with me. I'm getting ready to drive to the coast. Maybe go stand out at the beach for a few days. So anyway, until I see you again, I'll probably be doing it down there on Friday, um, the 15-minute rev at the beach. And so I'll be looking forward to hopefully talking to you then. Until I see you again, though, you guys go have yourself a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. I would be so encouraged if I were you today to knowing what, what Yahweh had just said to me. You're going to be just, just fine. But I love you guys, and uh, I am going to try to find this mouse so I can end this rev. But until I see you again, you guys have a great rest of your day. I'll be talking to you. Bye-bye.